Okay, welcome brothers and sisters in the faith to another episode of the BQA, the Bible Question and Answer. Now I have two questions we're going to address uh, for tonight's episode. First one being, uh, does Yahusha's blood cover the sins or atone for the sins of the Old Testament servants of God? Number two, why is it important for the assembly of Yahusha to go to Jerusalem, which is in Israel, and to conduct worship services there? And before we go ahead and proceed, let us offer first a prayer of thanksgiving. Everlasting Abba, thank you, Yahuwah, gracious God in heaven, for the blessings that you have given to your people. We have our life and strength because of your grace and love. And up to this present moment, we are able to assemble together in the precious name of your son. It gives us much joy and happiness to listen to your words, to uncover your plans and purposes, that we can be fully prepared for that great day when at last we will see our King, yes. your beloved Son, Yahushua, yes. our King, Yahushua. Yes. We prepare for your advent. Yes. We rehearse because we express by faith that we love you and long for you and we want the very best in our life and we can find this only in you. Father, please forgive completely our sins. Yes. Be with our brothers and sisters throughout the world yes. as we connect together to study your holy commands. Yes. We ask everything loving Abba yes. in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Yes. Amen. All right. Uh, first of all, praises be to our loving Father for gathering us again to be able to study his words and his commands. And so our first question comes from one of our viewers, and this was sent to me by text, and I have a snippet of that text, and this is what it says. It has a picture of one of our previous episodes, and it concerns Galatians 2, 20 to 21, and so I'm going to post that verse after looking at the question. Good morning, Paul. Hope all is well. My son asked, Paul, when she listened to this verse, if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. He asked, Paul, if Christ died for everyone, and that includes who lived prior to his first coming. In other words, the Old Testament servants of God. And so this is really an insightful question. And I really love this question because this is the first time I've been asked this question before. It's something to think about. And I love this question so much. I wanted to feature it for our study uh, for today. But before we go ahead and look at if, whether or not, the redemption work of our King Yahusha covers the sins of the Old Testament people of God, we need to first understand what Galatians 2, 20, 20 to 21 is all about. So let's go look at Galatians 2, 20 to 21. Apostle Paul is the one who wrote this passage, and he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And so this passage is all about obtaining what we call righteousness. Now, what does that mean? How can one be made righteous before Yahuwah, our God? Galatians 2.21 in the Greek, the word righteousness is the Greek word 1343, which is dikaisoin. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but we can read uh, the Greek word. And the outline of biblical usage includes the, condi the condition of being acceptable to God, being approved 
of God. And so it is a judicial term when Yahuwah announces or declares that you are approved, that you are acceptable to him, that you have been made right with Yahuwah. Now the word for this is justified. Being justified, being made righteous, being made approved, or acceptable to God. We all want to be acceptable to God, right? Because if we were not accept acceptable to God, if we are not approved of God, how can we enter the kingdom of heaven? Before we can enter the kingdom of heaven, we need to first be declared approved of God. And this is what Apostle Paul is talking about here in Galatians 2.20. We need to figure out a way to be approved of God or to obtain righteousness. How can this be? It is through the Son of God who gave himself for us. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, if righteousness could be a gate through the law, then Christ died for nothing. In other words, what would be the purpose of Christ having to go to the cross, endure the pain of the cross, if it's not needed? You see, the death of Yahushua is required to obtain redemption or righteousness and be put right with God. So how can a person be put right with God through our King Yahushua who gave himself for us? Let's read Galatians 2, 15 to 16. We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Yahushua Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Yahushua, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified. Apostle Paul tells us how we can be put right with God or become righteous through our King Yahushua. And how is that? It is by having or putting our faith in whom? Our King Yahushua. It is having faith in Yahushua expressing that faith by obedience, one of which is receiving baptism into his body, that we demonstrate our faith and trust in Yahushua. And by doing so, we are justified. We are made righteous before Yahuwah, our God. Does it mean we no longer observe the law? Of course not. We were redeemed or justified so that we can observe the law and keep the commandments of God. Now, why can't we be justified just by keeping the commands? Because after all, we were given the 10 commandments. And so let's say, okay, you have been given the 10 commandments. Is that enough for us to be justified or to be made righteous? It's not enough. What is sufficient, what is enough is Yahushua and having faith in him. Now, why is keeping the 10 commandments not enough for us to become righteous? Let's read the book of James 2, 10 to 11. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. And so why is it not enough for a person to have the Ten Commandments to be made righteous or justified before God. Because for us to be righteous or approved, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, we have to obey the whole law. Not only must we obey the whole law, and when it says the whole law, it means obey the Ten Commandments. 
and all that is found in the Ten Commandments. If we fail or stumble in one, we are guilty of them all. And so it has to be obedience of all the commands. Not only that, Galatians 3 verse 10, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, curses everyone who does not, what does it say? Continue to do everything written in the book of the law. How many here obey the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah? You might say, I obey the Ten Commandments of God. No problem for me. That's good. Can we obey it perfectly all of the time? As human beings, we sin, we falter, we stumble. If we are guilty of one sin, we are guilty of them all. This is why if we were to rely on our obedience to the Ten Commandments, we're going to be cursed, right? It is impossible for us to be put right before God. We cannot go, for example, before the throne of Yahuwah and say to Yahuwah, look at my record. I am perfect 10 for 10. I am perfect all of the time, all of the years of my life. I have no sin. I am perfect. Can we say that? Of course not. There's only one person who can say that. Who is that? Our king, Yahushua. But all of us are guilty of sin because of this. We cannot say to Yahuwah, look, I have obeyed the Ten Commandments, therefore make me holy, make me approved or righteous. No, the only way for us to become approved, to become righteous is through Yahushua. And so what, did the, what does the Bible declare? For those who are in Christ, Yahushua, by faith. Let's read the book of Romans 8, 1 to 4. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Yahushua, because through Christ Yahushua, the law of this, the life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that, take note, the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. And so what did Yahuwah do so that we can meet the requirements, the full requirements of the law? The Bible says Yahuwah knows that as human beings, we have a sinful nature. How many here believe we have a sinful nature? It's true because we want to obey perfectly all of the time, but even if we do our best, we know we fall short. We stumble and fall. Yahuwah knows that. And so he, according to his plan and purpose, gave his son, right? So that by his death, we can satisfy the righteous requirements of the law. And so when we have faith in Yahusha, when we belong to Yahusha, Apostle Paul confirms there is no more condemnation. Why? Because when Yahusha looks at us, what he sees is not us. Who does he see? The one who is head over us. Who is the head? Yahusha. We are parts of his body. So if we are parts of the body of Yahusha, we are declared righteous, not because we are good, but because Yahusha is perfect. This is how we obtain righteousness and holiness in the eyes of Yahuwah. So we all probably know that, but this is really the insightful question. In the Bible, it says, or the, the person who asked the question, he says, he asked for if Christ died for everyone, and that includes who, uh, those who lived prior to his first coming, right? 
that those who, for example, Adam and Eve, Moses, Abraham, Noah, all of the Old Testament people of God, like the prophets, well, were they also covered by the shed blood of our King Yahushua? What do you think? Are they? If so, how? How are those who lived before the first advent of Yahushua covered by the atoning blood of our King Yahushua? Well, let's read, for example, about Abraham. How was he declared righteous by God? If you still remember, how are we declared righteous by God? By our faith in who? Yahushua. Well, how about in the Old Testament times? The book of Genesis 15, 46. Then the word of Yahuwah came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed Yahuwah, and he credited it to him as righteousness. And so how is a person declared righteous in favor of Yahuwah? How does a person become acceptable to him? By faith. It's the same thing. After Yahushua died on the cross, how are we made acceptable and righteous before God? By faith in Yahushua. Before Yahushua came, how are we made acceptable to God? By having faith in Him. And so it's still the same way. It is by faith. Now, when we say faith, it's not just about believing. When we say faith, we have faith in Yahuwah. And who are those who truly have faith in Yahuwah? They believe in the promises of Yahuwah, right? And they take action according to the promise of Yahuwah. This is why when Yahuwah said to Abraham, come out of this place, where, which is your hometown, and go to a place where I'm going to make you a father of many nations, if he believed in that promise, what would he do? Let's read the book of Hebrews 11, 8 to 10. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. And so according to Apostle Paul, when Abraham was given the promise, did Abraham have faith or did he believe in the promise of Yahuwah? What is your answer? Yes. How did he prove? His faith in Yahuwah, how did he prove? He believed in the promises. He obeyed. Yahuwah said, you're familiar with that place. That's where you grew up. But I want you to go to a different place. He called Abraham to migrate, right? To go to a place that he doesn't know anything about. And so what does that require? That requires a lot of faith. And so when he obeyed, the Bible says, that obedience, Yahuwah considered that as righteousness. And so during the Old Testament time, every time the people lived by faith, by obeying the command of God, Yahuwah credited that as righteousness. What is the importance of faith? In James 2, 21, 24, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown 
to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see his faith and his actions were working together. His actions, his actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. And so faith and works or action, they work together. And so if a person truly believed in Yahuwah, he doesn't just say, I believe. He doesn't just say, I have faith. They take action. By faith and obedience, they are put right with Yahuwah Abba. And so how does Yahuwah consider the works of the Old Testament saints or the Old Testament people of God in light of the gospel. Let's read the book of Galatians 3, 6 to 9. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Remember, this was before the advent of our king, Yahusha. And so you are made righteous by God's declaration. Well, how about the sins? Yahuwah, do you think he can forgive sins? What do you think? Can he forgive? Yes. If Yahuwah says, you're good, you're good. If Yahuwah says you're approved, you're approved. Doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Abraham was not perfect, right? He sinned, just like everyone, every one of us. But nevertheless, if Yahuwah says, you're righteous, you're righteous. And when will Yahuwah say, you're righteous? When you believe in him, when you have a relationship with him, when you have faith in him. Understand him, that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture, take note, foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And so during the days of Abraham and during the days of the Old Testament, everything that was happening by design had a purpose. What is that purpose? It all points to who? Our king, Yahusha. You see, Yahuwah had in his mind before he created the world, who? Yahusha. It's called the Logos. And so that is central to the plan of Yahuwah. Everything unfolding in the Old Testament point to our king, Yahusha, and the gospel of our king, Yahusha. And so when a person believes or has faith in God, the Bible says, then he makes them righteous and in accordance with the gospel that is being announced back then, which Yahuwah foresaw and included in scripture. And so to at last answer definitively the question, those of the Old Testament people of God, are they covered by the shed blood of Yahusha? Let's read Romans 3, 24 to 26. Yet God with undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Yahusha when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Yahusha as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Yahusha sacrifices life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sin in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he will do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight, 
when they believe in Yahushua. Isn't that nice? Bible tells us the Old Testament people of God, when Yahuwah considered what they did, he saw it also from the vantage point of the future, the time of Yahushua Christ. If you look at verse 26, what does Yahuwah God do? He was looking ahead. And so before the advent of Yahushua, how did Yahuwah consider the sins of man? Bible says that he was being fair and he held back. The word for this is called forbearance. Yahuwah had forbearance for the sins of people prior to the advent of Yahushua because he was looking ahead. In other words, the people of God in the past would be covered by the shed blood of Yahushua in the future. Why is God able to do this? Because he's eternal. And in his eternal plan, what has he already figured out? In Ephesians 1, 4, 8, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Yahushua. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Even before the creation of the world, who was already on the mind of, Yeh of Yahuwah, Yahusha. Not only that, but those who were going to be in union with Yahusha during the time of Adam and Eve, all the way to John the Baptist. Who was already in the mind of Yahuwah? Yahushua, from the very beginning, before the creation of the world, up until the, and throughout the historical events of the Old Testament times. It is all for the purpose of the redemptive work of our King, Yahushua. This is what we call redemptive history. And so all the people of God in the past, they will be covered by the shed blood of Yahushua because this was his plan and purpose. And so what will Yahuwah eventually do at the appointed time? Let's read Ephesians 1, 9 to 11. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good, to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God where he chose us in advance and makes everything work out according to his plan. And so what is the plan of Yahuwah? At the appointed time, he will gather all, all people, the past saints of God, right? Everyone in the past and everything in the future eventually will be placed under who? Yahusha. He will be made head. He will be made king. And so at that time, those who are not included, those who belong to the time of the Old Testament, they'll be added to the body of Yahushua. This is why baptism isn't the only means by which a person can be added to the body of Yahushua, right? During the Old Testament times, the people in the Old Testament, will they be added to the body of Yahushua? Yeah. Is it by baptism? No, because they were not yet alive or they were... When they were alive, Yahushua was not here yet. 
right? But those who belong in the Old Testament times, including the man who was on the cross, the man on the cross, did he get baptized? No. So what will make Yahuwah bring them into the body of Yahushua? Starts with letter F. Faith, right? So the Old Testament people who live by faith, what will Yahuwah do? He will add them to the body of Christ. Uh, the thief on the cross, because of his faith, what will Yahuwah do? He will add him to the body of Christ. Is that the right of Yahuwah? Yes. Not only is it his right, it is his plan and purpose. So the Old Testament people of God, Yahuwah will add them to the body of Yahushua so that their sins can be forgiven. Okay? All right, let's go to our final question for the day. Uh, why is it important for the assembly of Yahushua to go to Jerusalem? So as you all know, we've announced that we're going to have a trip to Israel and we're going to be conducting worship services. We're going to have the Sacred Names Conference. We're going to do missionary work there in Jerusalem. Why is it important for us to go to Jerusalem? The reason why we're, we are addressing this question because there are those who have raised concerns about why is the assembly going to Jerusalem? And they will say, do we have brethren in Jerusalem? So why are you going to go to Jerusalem? Why are you going to go to Israel? What's the purpose? Should we be even funding and using the, the offerings of the Assembly of Yahushua to go to Jerusalem, to go to Israel? And so we need to understand why is it important for us, the Assembly of Yahushua, to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem? Well, how important is Jerusalem to Yahuwah? Let's read the book of uh, Psalms. 132, 13, and 14, for Yahuwah has chosen Jerusalem. He has desired it for his home. This is my resting place forever. He said, I will live here, for this is the home I desire. Is Jerusalem a special place for Yahuwah? Yes. What did he say about Jerusalem? By the way, Jerusalem is where? Israel. Yeah. We're going to go to Israel. We're going to go to Jerusalem. And Yahuwah says, he has chosen Jerusalem. Yahuwah says, he has made Jerusalem his home and resting place forever. Question, does it mean that Yahuwah physically lives in Jerusalem? No. What is the purpose of this statement? It tells us that Yahuwah has set apart. That's what it means to choose. Yahuwah, when choosing Jerusalem, he set it apart as a holy place, and Yahuwah says, I will find, well, this will be my resting place forever. This is why we're going to go to Jerusalem, because that place is loved by Yahuwah God. And so we want to go there and experience the presence of God in Jerusalem. Now, what does Yahuwah want from Jerusalem? If we were to go to Jerusalem, if we were to go to Israel, what should we do in Jerusalem or Israel? The book of 2 Chronicles 6, 5-6, From the day I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name, nor have I chosen a king to lead my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem as the place for my name to be honored, and I have chosen David to be king over my people Israel. So there are a few things that we need to understand concerning the desire 
of Yahuwah. Remember, we want to know the desire, the will of Yahuwah, to answer the question, well, why should we even go to Jerusalem? This is why we need to know God's will. What pleases Him? What honors Him? And so what pleases and honor Yahuwah? Bible says when we honor His name in Jerusalem. And so one of the things that we need to do when we go to Jerusalem is to honor the name of Yahuwah. How can we honor the name of Yahuwah? By proclaiming His name. You know, when you go to Jerusalem today, is the name of Yahuwah being honored there? No, they have replaced, they, they have removed the name of Yahuwah and they refer to Hashem. And if ever there are some Israelis who are using the sacred name of God, they call him Yahweh, right? Yahweh does not describe the beauty of the name of Yahuwah. I am He, because when you look at Yahweh, what it basically means is I am He, or I am He. Who is the self-existent one, but Yahuwah means I am He, the self-existent one, who causes all things to exist. There's a difference in the meaning between Yahuwah and Yahweh. Yahweh means I am the self-existent one. Yahuwah means I am the self-existent one who causes all things to exist. And so if we're going to give honor to our God, we need to proclaim the correct name, which is Yahuwah. Do you think this will please Yahuwah? Yeah, why? What does Yahuwah want? In the book of Exodus 3, verse 15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, Yahuwah, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. This is why when we go to Jerusalem, we're going to have a sacred names conference. This is like in all the places we go to, we have the Sacred Names Conference where we introduce the name of Yahuwah and the name of Yahusha. The first one being in Southern California. We're going to have one here in Northern California. When we go to Jerusalem, we're going to do the same thing. Because people need to know the true name of Yahuwah, the true name of His Son, Yahusha. And this is what we proclaim. Why? Because Yahuwah says, this is the name that I want every generation to remember. It's unfortunate that during our time today, the generation today and before it, they have forgotten the name of Yahuwah. It's been lost in translation, in this case, L-O-R-D. When people read their Bibles and they look at L-O-R-D, they think that's the name of God. That's not the name. The name is Yahuwah. So we need to proclaim that beautiful name of Yahuwah. That is his will for Jerusalem. I have chosen Jerusalem as the place for my name to be honored. And who is the one that Yahuwah wants to proclaim the name of Yahuwah. Well, let's read the book of Isaiah. This is a prophecy in Isaiah 52, verse 6. But I will reveal my name to my people, and they will come to know its power, that at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. Whom does God expect to proclaim his name? It is his people. Why his people? Because Yahuwah reveals his name to his people. Brethren, what is one of the identifying marks of the true people of God? Because it's easy to claim, I am a true person of God, right? But what is one of the identifying marks of those who are truly the people of God? They know the name of Yahuwah. How? It has been revealed to them by Yahuwah. And the power of that name was made manifest in them. This is our work. Because the name was given to us. And so we must proclaim now 
the name of Yahuwah. Do we only proclaim it? Where do we proclaim the name? In all the nations of the world, but especially in Jerusalem. What is the proof? In this prophecy, Isaiah 52, 6, where the Bible says we have received the name of Yahuwah. What is Yahuwah's purpose? What does he want us to do concerning the name of Yahuwah? Let's read Isaiah 52. We read verse 6. Let's read now verses 7 8. How beautiful on the mounts are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation, the news of the God of Israel reigns. The watchmen shout and sing with joy, for before their eyes they see Yahuwah returning to Jerusalem. And so, what is the will of Yahuwah for those to whom he revealed his name to? He wants us to go to Jerusalem as messengers who bring good news, the good news of peace and salvation. You see, we are to serve as watchmen. And one of the works of the watchmen is to shout and to sing with joy. Because when we proclaim the name of Yahuwah, Yahuwah is going to return to Jerusalem. So apparently, Yahuwah left Jerusalem. But he is awaiting for his people to proclaim his name, which is mentioned in Isaiah 52, 6. And so in 7 to 8, he now wants those who are messengers to bring good news, the good news of peace and salvation to Jerusalem, which includes preaching the name of Yahuwah. What's the proof of that? You know, this passage is actually a prophecy. And this prophecy was fulfilled by whom? Take note of the phrasing of this passage, the feet of the messenger, the messenger who brings good news and good news of peace and salvation. How was this fulfilled? In the book of Romans, chapter 10, 14 and 15, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so Apostle Paul quotes Isaiah 52, verse 7, and he says, that's you. Who? The assembly of Yahushua. Romans 10 is about the work of the assembly. And so because we are called into Yahushua, what is our duty? We have to preach. Preach what? The gospel, the good news. Where? In Jerusalem. Not just here in the United States of America, but also in Jerusalem. What is this gospel that we have to preach? And how can we preach the gospel? Bible says, how can you preach if you don't go there? How can you preach it if you're not sent? This is why we're going to have a trip to Israel. Why? Because we cannot preach there unless we're sent there. In other words, we have to go there as taught by the Apostle Paul, because it's our duty, being recipients of the name of Yahuwah, being recipients of the gospel, we have to go to Jerusalem and preach the gospel. Then, well, what is this message of the gospel that we need to preach? Because the Bible says we are to preach the good news. What is this good news? Well, we read 14 and 15. What is the good news? Let's read 10, 9 to 13. That if you confess with your mouth, Yahusha is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. 
The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. And so what is this gospel? What is this good news that has been entrusted to us, the assembly of Yahushua, that we must bring to all the world, especially in Jerusalem? It is to confess with our mouth, but who is Lord? Yahushua. What does it mean for Yahushua to be Lord? It means he's the leader of your life. We have to proclaim that. What else must we proclaim that Yahushua died and was raised to life that we might be saved? This is what we talked about in the first question. Yahushua died so that we can be saved, so that we can be declared righteous by Yahuwah. We need to have faith and trust in Yahushua. What else? We need to also call on the name of Yahuwah, because the Bible says everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. And so our itinerary, when it comes to going to Jerusalem, what is included in our plan, in our work, when we go to Jerusalem, when we go to Israel, is to preach Yahushua is Lord, to preach that God raised him from the dead for our, for, for our salvation, to preach and proclaim the name of Yahuwah. And what will we express when we go to Jerusalem to do all this? Well, let's go back to Isaiah 52. Remember, Isaiah 52 is a prophecy and is fulfilled in us, the assembly of Yahushua, and this is what we need to continue to do. Let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song, for Yahuwah has comforted his people he has redeemed Jerusalem. Yahuwah has demonstrated his holy power before the eyes of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the victory of our God. And so this work of bringing the gospel, of bringing the name to Jerusalem, that will result in joy and praise, this work will be done during a time called ends of the earth. This is why our work that was given to us, the assembly of Yahushua, being recipients of the gospel, being recipients of the sacred names, Yahuwah and Yahushua, is to go to Jerusalem and to worship Yahuwah there and proclaim Yahuwah and Yahushua. And so it is a command, not a man, not a command of Yahuwah himself. We are being commanded to go to Israel and to proclaim that Yahushua is Lord who died so that people can be saved, and to proclaim the name of Yahuwah so that people can call on him to be saved. So if I were to ask you now, should we go to Jerusalem? Should we go to Israel? Is it something that pleases Yahuwah? Is it the will of Yahuwah? I would say yes, right? I would say yes. Because when we go to Second Chronicles 6, 5 to 6, when we want to know Yahuwah's plan, he says, I have chosen Jerusalem as the place for my name to be honored. And so we're going to go there. One of the things that we're going to do is to proclaim that name and to proclaim the gospel and to proclaim the Son. Okay? We're going to do that. But also, there's something else you have The second part. I have chosen David to be king over my people, Israel. Remember, Yahuwah called kings to be kings over Israel during the time of ancient Israel. Who was the first king? Who was the first king? Uh, I think it was Saul, and then it was David, and then it was Solomon. And so there was one kingdom being ruled by uh, the times of David and Saul and Solomon. There's just one kingdom, Israel, right? And so who was the favorite king of the three? Saul, David, 
or Solomon, who was a favorite. By far, it is David. This is why the king himself, Yahusha, is son of David, and he will take the he will take the throne of David. But after the death of Solomon, what happened to the kingdom? Split the house of Judah, the house of Israel. Collectively, together, we call that Israel. But if it's just one house, house of Judah, house of Israel, they were split. But one day, there's going to be a king who will reunite the two houses of Israel and Judah. Why were they split? And what happened even after they were split? And what does it mean? that we will fulfill this will of Yahuwah. I have chosen David to be king over my people Israel. Let's go to Hosea chapter one, one down to two. The word of Yahuwah uh, that came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, the kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, when Yahuwah began to speak by Hosea, Yahuwah said to Hosea, go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from Yahuwah. And so when Yahuwah chose Israel as a nation, were they faithful to Yahuwah? No. They were guilty of harlotry or idolatry. And so what was the punishment of Yahuwah? According to Deuteronomy, when you read the book of curses and the book of blessings, they were going to be scattered throughout the nations. This is why... To fulfill this, Yahuwah revealed a message to the prophet Hosea, and in the prophet Hosea, in the prophet Hosea, Yahuwah was condemning Israel, right, because of the harlotry, and because of this, Yahuwah is going to do something not only with the people of Israel but also with the land of Israel, and so the land has committed great harlotry by departing from Yahuwah. So we know what happened to the house of Judah. We know what happened to the house of Israel. Israel was taken captive by Syria. Judah was taken captive by Babylon, and so Israel, Jerusalem, became desolate. But you know what? Yahuwah always has a plan. <laughs> he is not caught by surprise. He knows about the faithlessness of his people Israel, and so he has a plan. This is why in the unfolding of this plan, he reveals something to Hosea. He says, go take yourself a wife of harlotry, and you're going to have three children of harlotry. Do you still remember the names of these three children? What are they? Jezreel, Lo Ruhamah, and Lo Ami. Because Yahuwah is actually giving Hosea and us, readers of the scriptures today, a message containing the names that reflect the will, plan, and purpose of Yahuwah. Jezreel, what does that mean? It means God sows. And so when Yahuwah dispersed Israel in punishment, the Bible says God is sowing, Yahuwah is sowing Israel in different places throughout the world. And because of the punishment, because of the sins of Israel, Lord Ruhamah means no mercy, and Israel is no longer a people of God. And so time came when the people of Israel became no longer the people of God. However, eventually in Hosea 1.10, look at what Yahuwah God says. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand in the sea which cannot be measured or numbered, and it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There it shall be said to them, you are sons of the living God. So this is a prophecy. Bible tells us in Hosea, 
chapter 1, something's going to happen to Israel. But in verse 10, something else is going to happen to Israel. They'll be gathered again. And they'll be declared to be sons of the living God. Where? In the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. In other words, back in Israel, back in Jerusalem, there's going to be this bringing forth, this return of the children of Israel, the children of Judah. This is why when we look at the names of these three children of Hosea, Jezreel means God sows, he plants Israel in different lands throughout the world because he has a plan, right? And Lord of Haman, no mercy, not a people. And so if God sows, when you sow something, eventually what you're going to do? When there's sowing, there's also reaping. When there's planting, there's a harvest. Yahuwah planted Israel and Judah throughout the world. Now he's going to harvest them and bring them back to the land. And so Yahuwah calls in Jezreel, corresponds to God will reap so that God can have and show mercy and then there will be again the people of God. This is why in Hosea 1.10, the prophecy will be fulfilled. There's going to be remnants. There's going to be a people of Israel who will be declared sons of the living God in Israel. Now, who became initially the fulfillment of this? Let's read the book of 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim, you may proclaim, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So Hosea 1.10 and 11.12, well, that was initially fulfilled in the first century. When? When Yahusha came and preached the gospel and people were baptized into his name, they became the people of God. But those who accepted Yahusha during the times when Yahusha was still here, it was only a remnant, right? A remnant of the tribe mostly coming from Jude and Benjamin. But the Israelites were not yet called in full, mostly from the tribe of Judah, the house of Judah, not the house of Israel. But Yahushua has a plan, Matthew 15, 24. But he answered and said, I was not set, sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's speaking about the house of Israel, not the house of Judah. Because Yahushua is telling us when he was first there in Jerusalem, those who converted to following him, most of them were from the tribes of Judah, right? But only a remnant of Judah. Well, what were the house of Israel. Why did Yahushua say the lost sheep? In James 1.1, 1, 1, James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Yahushua Christ, the two of the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. And so the tribes of Israel, not all of them were there. There were many who were scattered all over the nations. And even Josephus, the historian, says the ten tribes are beyond the Euphrates till now and are an immense multitude not to be estimated by numbers and so during the days of the first century israel the ten tribes they were not called into yahushua they remained without yahushua but yahuwah has a plan what is that plan isaiah 1 10 22 23 uh, though you people of israel be like the sand by the sea only a remnant will return 
destruction has been decreed, overwhelming and righteous. The Lord, Yahuwah Almighty, will carry out the destruction decreed upon the whole land. Bible says that Yahuwah planted, Noemi, or Jezreel, Yahuwah planted or sowed Israel all over. And during the end times, there's going to be a harvest, a reaping. And their number is like the sand of the sea. But how many of the sand of, from, from among the sand of the sea will make it? Only a remnant. Just like during the days of Israel, when Yahushua was there in Jerusalem, they were mostly from the tribe of Judah. How many made it? How many converted to Yahushua? A remnant. This time, the concentration is in the house of Israel, but only a remnant will make it. But what will Yahuwah do all over the world to prepare for his second advent? Let's read Isaiah 11, 11 and 12. It shall come to pass in that day that Yahuwah shall set his hand again the second time. The first time was when he reached out his hand from Babylon. This was after the first captivity, but many refused to return to Jerusalem, right? Many of them remained where? In Babylon, because they liked Babylon. Yahuwah wanted them to go back to Jerusalem, but they said, no, I'm staying in Babylon. I like it here in Babylon. I'm not going to go to Israel. And so Yahuwah, most of the people of Israel, wherever they were scattered, they were not completely taken or gathered by Yahuwah. And so Yahuwah says he will set his hand again a second time. Now take a look at this. What will he do? He will set his hand again a second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Pathros and Cush, from Elam and Shinar, from Hamath and the islands of the sea. He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And so Judah, Israel, they'll be gathered by Yahuwah what's left of them or a remnant they will set up a banner and that banner is the banner of our king the root of jesse yahusha amashiach in other words what Yahuwah is doing is before he sends the king he's going to prepare the land yes why because he's going to bring these remnants some of them come from the islands of the sea Others come from different places like Assyria and Egypt, Paphos and Cush, Elam and Shinar and Hamath. They're going to go to Jerusalem and they will lift up a banner. What is that banner? It's the name of our king, Yahusha. And so why will this happen? What is the purpose of going to Israel? Hosea 1, 10 to 11. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered, and it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there it shall be said to them, you are the sons of the living God. Then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great will be the days of Jezreel. And so when Yahuwah planted Israel and Judah and scattered them across the entire world, eventually Yahuwah is going to harvest them back. He's going to bring them back to the land where it, was, where it was first said to them, you are not my people. And in that same place, where is it again? Jerusalem, Israel. Yahuwah is going to say, you are the sons of the living God. And so in the plan and purpose of Yahuwah, his people, his remnant, 
of Judah and Israel. We're going to be gathered together because Yahuwah's will is that we should go there and we must appoint for themselves one head. Now, what does that mean? Well, the word appoint in Hebrew is the word, the Hebrew word 7760, which also means to make. So we're going to make someone as our head and leader. Who could that be? The house of Judah, the house of Israel. They will make a declaration and make this one to be their king, to be their leader, to be their head. Who is that? Ezekiel 37.22. I will unite them into one nation in the land. Remember, we are the nation of God today. The nation of God is recognized by the name of Yahusha. That's the nation of God today. Those who belong to Yahusha. We are that nation. But what will Yahuwah do? I will unite them into one nation in the land. On the mountains of Israel, they will have one king to rule over them. And they will no longer be divided into two nations or split into two kingdoms. And so who is that one head that we will need, that we must declare to be king, to be anointed one, to be the head over us? Who is that? The one king who rules over us is Yahusha. This is what needs to happen. This is, this is one of the reasons why we're going to go to Yahusha. You know, in our itinerary, our plan for going to Israel, number one, we're going to proclaim the sacred names in the gospel message, right? Isaiah 52. What also is our plan? We're going to make a declaration. We're going to announce to the people of Israel who the king is. We need to make a proclamation that Yahushua is the one who comes in the name of Yahuwah. You know who doesn't want us to do that? Who do you think does not want us, the assembly of Yahushua, to go to Jerusalem? Who doesn't want us to go to Israel? Who will do everything in his power to prevent us from going there? What do you think? The devil. Satan. Why? You know why Satan doesn't want us to go to Jerusalem? Why he doesn't want us, want us to go to Israel? Look at what Yahushua says in Matthew 23, 37, 39. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of Yahuwah. Why does the devil not want the assembly of Yahushua to go to Israel? Because he knows when we go to Israel and proclaim blessings on the one who comes in the name of Yahuwah, Yahushua's return is going to come soon. And salvation is going to be at hand. You see, this is what Yahushua wants to happen. What does he want? He looks at Jerusalem and the people who belong to Jerusalem and say, you're the children I want to gather. Where first? Where does he want to gather them? In Jerusalem. And so what must we do? Go to Jerusalem and make the proclamation that Yahushua is our king. This is why we're going to go to Jerusalem. One, proclaim the names 
Yahuwah, Yerusha, the gospel, right? Number two, we're going to declare blessings on the one who comes in the name of Yahuwah, that is Yahusha. And so we will fulfill these two purposes that Yahuwah mentioned. Yahuwah says, I have chosen Jerusalem as a place for my name to be honored, and I have chosen David to be king over my people Israel. Why did he say David? Not only David, literally, but also someone who will sit on the throne of David. Who is that? Revelation 5, 5. Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. It's worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. And so we're going to go to Jerusalem, not just to proclaim the name, but we're also going to proclaim that Yahushua is the one who comes in the name of Yahuwah, and that he is the king who will be the heir of the throne of what? David. Do you see? Why Yahuwah wants us to go to Israel? This is not some trip where it's like a vacation. This is not a vacation, brethren. And we want to let you know in advance, those who are going to participate in the trip to Israel, we're going to go there to serve. We're going to go there to worship. This is not a vacation. There's going to be a lot of walking. There's going to be a lot of services, five services. We're going to be proclaiming the name. We're going to have that conference. There's a lot of work here. But we're doing this not to please ourselves. We're doing this to please who? Yahuwah. Because he wants us to do all of these things. And so when we go if, to Jerusalem, we will express our faith. Right? Brethren, I want to ask you right now. Do you believe in Yahuwah's will that he wants his name to be honored there in Jerusalem? What is your answer? Yeah. Do you believe? That Yahuwah will bring a king to Jerusalem from the line of David. What is your answer? Yeah. We believe it too. And so if we truly believe and we truly have faith, what must we do? We have to take action. We can't just say, I believe, and not take action. We're going to go there. And we're going to fulfill what Yahuwah wants us to do. Well, brother, what if I can't afford it? Well, you can still participate. Because not everyone can afford it. It's, it's very expensive. Right? It is cost prohibitive. Not everyone can afford going to Jerusalem. It's cost prohibitive. This is why even if we are not physically present, can we still participate in the events and the acts of worship we will do in Jerusalem? Yeah, because we're going to broadcast the event through Zoom and Facebook and YouTube. You can participate by faith. This is, but for us, to be able to say the assembly has done the will of Yahuwah, we need to go there physically and fulfill all of these things. Why else? So we, we already have our, our itinerary. We're going to proclaim the name, the gospel. We're going to declare Yahushua as our king. What also are we going to do in Jerusalem? Let's read the book of Luke 21, 41 to 43. Every year, his parents, whose parents is that? Whose parents? Yahushua's parents. Every year, his parents, Yahushua's parents, went to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, uh, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Yahushua stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. And so Yahushua and his parents, they would always have, they would always go on a pilgrimage every festivals, the three festivals, Feast of Unleavened Bread, or Feast of Passover, uh, Pentecost, and Shelters, 
or tabernacles. They would go to Jerusalem uh, three times a year. And so this tells us that Jerusalem is a place that we ought to be going to. I mean, we can't possibly go there uh, three times a year. That's cost prohibitive, right? But we ought to consider going there and planning to go there. And when we go there for 2023, we're going to go there on a, to celebrate a feast, to rehearse a feast. Which feast is this? It is the Passover, Passover feast. And what are we going to do when we have this Passover with Yahushua? Let's read the book of John. The next day, uh, the, new, the news that Yahushua was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of Yahuwah. Hail to the king of Israel. And so we're going to have a Passover with Yahushua. We're going to celebrate Passover of leavened bread, piece of first fruits. And what else is there? The Passover event itself, where we will partake of the cup and we will partake of the, of the, the, the unleavened bread. We're going to celebrate the feast uh, of um, first fruits, unleavened bread, and Passover, right? And so there are many things that we're going to be doing in Israel. Number one, what was it again? To proclaim the name. You know the sacred name Jesus? Proclaim the name, proclaim the gospel, Isaiah 52. What else? We're going to declare Yahushua as our king. We will, we will declare, blessed be the one who comes in the name of Yahushua. The old Yahuwah, who is Yahushua. To, so that we can declare him to be our king. And number three, we're going to celebrate the festival of Passover with our king, Yahushua. I don't know about you. Do you think those are good reasons for going to Jerusalem? <laughs> what do you think? Yes! It's what Yahuwah would want. Which is why there are many who want to go there. And praises be to Yahuwah, we have brethren who are able to make it or plan to go to Israel. Now, the question is, and this has been raised, and I want to bring this up because it might cause offense with some brethren. Is it appropriate to use the offerings of the assembly uh, to send the minister to Jerusalem? Because one might say, well, that's too expensive. You know, it's like, well, if it's the minister, the wife of the minister, it's like $8,000, $9,000. That expense, that could be used for something else, right? It's too extravagant of an expense to go to Jerusalem. Why would we you know, let the minister just spend his own money? Yeah, it makes sense. But... To answer the question, is it appropriate to use church funding or the assembly's offerings, collected offerings, to send a minister to Jerusalem? Before we answer that question, well, we need to make sure it meets three criteria, right? What are they? Number one, is it the will of Yahuwah? Number two, does it honor and glorify Yahuwah? Number three, is it the work of the assembly? So is it, is it the will of Yahuwah that we go to Jerusalem? Yes, we've already discussed that. Does it honor and glorify Yahuwah that we proclaim his name, that we proclaim his son's name, that we declare that Yahushua is king of the line of David? Does this honor and glorify Yahuwah? Yeah, because he wants us to be, to be gathered there in the place that he considers his home so that his glory can be in Jerusalem 
as well. And so yes, for number two, how about number three? Is the work, is it the work of the assembly that we go to Jerusalem? What do you think? You think it's the work of the assembly? Because if it's one of the works of the assembly that it ought to be doing, then yeah, we should use funding so that we can go to uh, Jerusalem. Well, what is the work? What is the main work of the assembly of Yahushua? Because there are those who are saying we should not even think of using the funding to go to Jerusalem because after all, there are no brethren there, right? There's no brethren there to visit. Yes, yeah, good to have pastoral visitations where we go back to the places where the brethren are and strengthen the faith. That's a work of the assembly of Yahushua. But to go to Jerusalem, even if there are no brethren there, is that the work given to the assembly of Yahushua? What do you think? We have to find out for sure. The book of Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. In, what does it say? In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What is the major work of the assembly of Yahushua? It is to be witnesses of who? Yahushua. What does that mean? We represent Yahushua and tell people about him everywhere in California, in Nevada, in Canada, in the Philippines, but we're also in Jerusalem. You know, when Yahushua first poured out his spirit, you know where the first place was where his name was declared? You know where? Jerusalem. And then they spread out. In the last days, it's the other way around. It begins from all over the world. But then we also have to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because in Jerusalem, they don't know who the Savior is. Those who claim we are Messianic, what do they say? Oh, that is Yeshua. Oh, that is Jesus. But we have not proclaimed the name. Yahushua says, blessed is, we need to declare, blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahuwah. This is why when we go to Jerusalem, we need to tell everywhere, everyone about who? Yahushua, everyone, everywhere, telling people that he is our king, telling people his name and the gospel message. He died and he was resurrected that we can be saved. People need to know about Yahushua. This is why even if there are no brethren, we need to go there. As a matter of fact, all the more we need to go to Jerusalem so that we can proclaim our king, Yahushua. Now I know this is an act of love. Right? I mean, if you truly love Yahushua, you will go anywhere to proclaim him. I mean, if uh, we were to say to Yahushua, King Yahushua, I loved you so much, I went to these places and I proclaimed your name. That's a, an expression of our love for him. Right? You know who's a good example of one who expressed great love for Yahushua? Expressed great love for Yahushua. When we tell people everywhere about Yahushua, we are showing faith in Yahushua and also love for him. If you're willing to go, if you're willing to go to California, willing to go to Nevada, willing to go to the East Coast, willing to go to Jerusalem to tell people about Yahushua, we're showing love for Yahushua. If we're gonna go to Jerusalem, we're showing love for Yahushua. Who's an example of what? Who showed love for Yahushua? Let's read the book of John 12, 1 to 3, six days before the Passover celebration began. Yahushua arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, 
the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Yahushua's honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Yahushua's feet with it. Wiping his feet with her hair, the house was filled with the fragrance. Who's an example of one who truly loved Yahushua? Her, uh, this uh, sister by the name of Mary. And she showed not regular love, no ordinary love, but extraordinary, extraordinary love for our king, Yahushua. What did she do? She got her, her 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume. Is that valuable? Yeah, that's valuable, right? But what did she do with it? Bible says she anointed Yahushua's feet, wiping his feet with her hair. And so she used her perfume, that expensive perfume to wipe the feet of our king, Yahushua. Is that a waste? When this was happening, you know who was watching? The one who was watching was the treasurer of uh, the disciples. You know who the treasurer was at this time? During the days of the disciples of Asia, you know who the treasure was? Let's find out. In the book of John, let's keep reading, 4 to 6. But Judas Iscariot, oh boy, the disciple who would soon betray him said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should not have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he stole some for himself. Who was in charge? Of the disciples' money. Who was the treasurer of the disciples' money? Who was it? Judas Iscariot. And when she saw this extravagant love from Mary, what did she say? That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should not have been sold. Instead, it should have been given to the poor. It should not. It should have been sold instead and given to the poor. But of course, when he was saying this, he was not sincere because what he really wanted was the, the money for himself. <laughs> and so he could not figure out it doesn't make sense for him. It doesn't make sense that you're going to waste all this money just to pour on the feet of our king. Yeah, said, I wonder, I'm just wondering, okay? I'm just, I mean, this is not anything personal. I'm just wondering if Judas, for example, was the treasure today. What would he say if we have to go, you know, for example, Israel, Jerusalem? I wonder what he would say. He might say, well, that's too extravagant. That's too expensive. Why are we going to go to Jerusalem when we can do so much more here? Do you know what Yahushua said when this complaint was raised about extravagance, about this, you know? What did Yahushua say? 12, 7, 8. Yahushua replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. What did Yahushua say? Yahushua says, it's not a waste of perfume. Why? Because there's a purpose for that perfume. What is that? To anoint Yahushua in preparation for what? His burial. And so that cost, the expensive perfume had a purpose. Its purpose was to prepare for the burial of Yahushua. You know, when we go to Jerusalem, we're also going to have a purpose, right? We have a lot of purposes. In this case, it was to prepare for his burial. When we go to Jerusalem, 
what is our preparation for? Let's read the book of Ezekiel 37. I will unite them into one nation in the land. On the mountains of Israel, they will have one king to rule over them, and they will no longer be divided into two nations or split into two kingdoms. And so we are also going to Jerusalem to prepare, to rehearse. What are we preparing for and rehearsing for? The coming of our king. Because it is in Israel where it's going to be the establishing of the kingdom, the millennial kingdom. And so when we go there to Israel, we're going there to rehearse and to prepare. This is why, yes, we're going to have a rehearsal for the Passover, but at the same time, Look at what our king Yahushua says in the final passage of our studies today. And as they were eating, Yahushua took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And so when we go to Israel, we're not going to go there and have no purpose. Because if that is the case, church fund or the assembly's offering should not be used at all if we're going to go there for vacation, right? Should not be used at all. But if we're going to go there, fulfill the work of the Messiah, to fulfill the work of Yahuwah. That is the best use. That is the best use of the assembly's funds because it is to promote the will of Yahuwah and to rehearse, to rehearse and prepare for the coming of our king when he will install in Israel the kingdom of his father wherein he will rule as the king who sits on the throne of David and we will declare that he is he is the one who comes in the name of Yahuwah. So brothers and sisters, there are many things that we're going to do in Israel. Proclaim the names, the gospel. We're going to call you, we're going to declare, blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahusha, Yahuwah, and declare him to be our head, to be our leader, to be our king, who sits on the throne of David. And we will also prepare for that day when he will be ruling as the king in his kingdom. That is our lesson, brothers and sisters. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba, merciful Yahuwah, thank you so much for being merciful. Thank you for giving us your beloved son because you knew about our sinful nature, that by our own power and capabilities, we cannot possibly live up to your standard. Your standard is perfection. We are far from it. We are sinners. We stumble and fall daily, weekly. We cannot reach the level of righteousness you want. You knew this. And so even before you made us, you chose us that we may belong to your son. We are truly fortunate. You have brought us into fellowship with him. Now, you have declared us to be righteous. You have declared us to be justified. We can now receive your promised salvation. Thank you. Thank you, loving Abba, for the gift of your son. And now, as we have promised you, 
Inasmuch as you call us your sons and daughters, it would be an honor to proclaim your name and the name of your son, to proclaim the work of salvation when you gave up your son, that we might be put right and receive salvation. Our King Yahushua, we are preparing to go to the promised land, the land declared by our Father to be his home forever. Many of us have never been to that place. It must be a place where we will feel something. It is our wish and hope, gracious Mashiach, that just as your early disciples met there in Jerusalem, and you poured out your spirit on that day of Pentecost, may we also receive that spirit. May we be strengthened by it as we proclaim your name, the name of Abba. May you bless our preparations, bless our hearts, bless our minds, and make us worthy to be with you. Father, thank you so much for listening to our prayers. Bless your people throughout the world. May we be your instruments to testify of you and your beloved son. We ask and beg everything, Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen.